You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome to this, the second episode of Catholic Exchange's podcast. My name is Michael Litchens and it is my pleasure to be with all of you today here on the Feast of St. Blaise. I know many of you have probably already been to Mass, gotten your throats blessed, and boy do we need it here in New England where the snow keeps falling and the flu season keeps spreading. Once more, it is a pleasure to have you here listening with us on this, our full week of the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Today I have something really special for all of you, something perfect to get us ready for Lent. This is written by Stephen Beale, called Adam and Eve, What Not to Do After You Have Sinned. Stephen Beale is our weekly columnist here at Catholic Exchange. He writes every Monday. You can check him out on CatholicExchange.com. He's a freelance writer down in Providence. He is raised evangelical and has converted to Catholicism. He's also been in this game a long time. He's been a reporter, an editor. He's ran several websites running from anything from GoLocalProv.com. And he's also been a reporter for Fox News. He spanned the Today Show and his writings have appeared nationally and all over the place. To say the least, we're always proud of Stephen, or glad to have him, and I think you'll appreciate this small contribution of him today. Today, as I said, we'll be talking about Adam and Eve, What Not to Do, After You Have Sinned, which first appeared on Catholic Exchange February 2nd, 2015. Temptation has struck again. It may have been a mere pinprick of desire, or it may have stormed your soul leaving you shaking to your core. Either way, you gave in and sinned. An instinctive response, at least for many of us, is to instantly recoil in the shame from God. For someone earnestly seeking to lead a holy life dedicated to God, it can be embarrassing to admit that serious temptation, to any sin, still lurks in your soul and sometimes succeeds in ensnaring you. But the worst temptation is the temptation to cut God out of the picture at precisely the moment we are in most need of salvation. This could be one of the great overlooked lessons in the story of Adam and Eve and the fall. However one wants to characterize it, disobedience, gluttony, pride, we all know this sinful act at issue was the eating of the forbidden fruit. But was that it? The Genesis account read in light of later scripture, suggests Adam and Eve continue to err in their response to the first sin. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. When they heard the sound of the Lord God walking about in the garden at the breezy time of the day, the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord among the trees of the garden. And that was from Genesis 3, 7 to 8. Consider what Adam and Eve did not do. They did not run to God, confessing their sin and begging for forgiveness. Or, failing to see God, they did not cry out to him to show his face. No, Adam and Eve immediately hid themselves from God. In fact, the original Hebrew is a bit more specific. Adam and Eve concealed themselves from the presence of God or the face of God, as the Dewey Reams translates it. When God finally confronts them, he asks not about the eating of the forbidden fruit. It is instead their concealment that is first addressed. The Lord God then called to the man and asked him, Where are you? Genesis 3.9 Adam responded with what some biblical commentators view as a full confession. He confesses his nakedness, but not the actual sin that has been committed. 
rather than confessing a sin before God, autumn apps for concealment. Genesis 3.10 Again, in his response, God first questions the concealment. Only after that does he finally raise the issue of the sin itself. Then God asked, Who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I had forbidden you to eat? Genesis 3.11 The story of Adam and Eve, at least told in Genesis, is not one of redemption. The interrogation between God and Adam ends with God issuing his sentence, culminating in their expulsion from Eden. For us, the story is a lesson of what not to do, how not to respond to our sins, and perhaps, more importantly, our awareness of our inclination to sin. What Adam called nakedness, and what today in technical language of moral theology we call concupiscence. For a model of what to do, we must look further ahead in scriptures. In the story of David and his adultery with the wife of Uriah, we have just such a model. Consider David's response after the prophet Nathan convicts him of his sin. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. 2 Samuel 12.13 Here, David not only admits that he has sinned, he keeps God in the equation. The sin does not exist in a vacuum. He does not say that he has sinned, he says that he has sinned against the Lord. His sin is immediately put away by God, an indication of the sincerity of his repentance, according to St. Augustine. David furthermore remains in a relationship with God in the aftermath of his sin. Though the sin itself has been wiped away, Nathan tells David that its temporal consequence has not been remitted. The child born to the wife of Uriah will die. David immediately begins a total fast, donning sackcloth and lying on the ground, presumably in constant prayer, interceding with God on behalf of the child. After his child dies, David does not abandon God. Instead, he does the opposite. Rising from the ground, David washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. Then he went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. 2 Samuel 12.20 David's response to this sin and its consequences stand in marked contrast to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve cannot even admit their sin. Adam's confession of nakedness is at best a euphemism for the sin and at worst an evasion from talking about it. David's confession bluntly acknowledges what has happened. Adam and Eve wear clothes of shame. David dons the sackcloth of repentance. Adam and Eve hide from the presence of God. David seeks it. In weighing both stories, we could perhaps read with renewed appreciation of David's prayer in Psalm 51. Turn away your face from my sins. Blot out all of my iniquities. A clean heart create for me, God. Renew within me a steadfast spirit. Do not drive me from before your face, nor take me from your Holy Spirit. And once more, that was from Stephen Beale's fantastic article, Adam and Eve, What Not to Do After You Have Sinned. And we're gearing up for Lent here at Catholic Exchange. I know many of you are too. I want to offer you just a few quick resources. Come to CatholicExchange.com. You can search the word confession. Learn to make good confession. We have many great resources, a lot from uh, Father Saunders as well as uh, Father Ed Broom, and many other people who have talked about their experience with confession, what they find that works the best. The Holy Fathers and the teachers of the church have taught us very well on what to do to make a good confession, and I think you'll find it's very good to do this. Learn to make a good confession and go forward 
to do so as soon as you can before Lent starts. You'll have a more productive Lent. You'll find yourself more in contemplation. And honestly, you'll just feel a lot better. <laughs> it's been almost 11 years since my very first confession, and I tell you, that is one of the greatest graces the Church has ever given us. There's also several books on CatholicExchange.com's shop. You can find those on how to make a good confession and also how to improve your Eucharistic adoration. All really good resources. And I do want to shout out one book from Sophia Institute Press, our whole publisher. They have a book called Meditations for Lent. Fantastic. Each chapter is very short. You could start reading it right away. Spend five minutes before Mass or five minutes in prayer in the morning. Read a chapter and you'll have a much better Lent. The best Lent you will ever have. And with that, my friends, I just want to say to you, please keep checking back here. You can subscribe on iTunes and also find us online at CatholicExchange.com. God love you. Have a wonderful week. Once again, for Catholic Exchange, my name is Michael Lichens. Cheers to you and all.